What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast for episode four of How Fitness Changed My Life. This week, uh, the technical difficulties really got the best of me, if I'm being honest, and somehow the mic that I was recording on just didn't record. It recorded for about two and a half minutes and then just shut off. So the audio that's going to be played in this episode is coming all from our guests, Mike. So my audio, you know, of me speaking is uh, not that great. And I'm very sorry about that. I, you know, I want the quality of the podcast to be as crisp and pristine as possible. But I thought the episode was too good to, you know, not air just because of some poor audio. So sit back, relax, and enjoy episode four of How Fitness Changed My Life with the one and only Hannah Morse. Sitting here in Hannah Morse's Morse's um, apartment for episode four of How Fitness Changed My Life. Today we will be going over how fitness has changed Hannah Morse's life, and you know all the stories and things that play into that um, to really see how fitness changed your life. So we're going to dive into this, um, but before we get into her story. We're just gonna we're just gonna jam on some things. So Hannah, did you watch the Panthers football game last night? No, but I know they played the Patriots. They did indeed. I don't um, know who won. <laughs> well, sadly, not Charlotte. Oh. Lost. And it was actually a pretty tough game to watch because it was only yeah. ten to three. Wow. Final score. So like, no, no one really scored. No one really did anything. So it was kind of boring. Oh but yeah. There was one thing that was interesting, and I'm I'm gonna pull this up. Okay. Get your thoughts on Cam Newton's hat. Oh, all right. <laughs> it's actually a video. I might have actually sent it to you. Really? Um, In the right. group? Yeah. Look at that thing. What's your thoughts on that hat? Is that a sailor? It looks like a sailor hat or like a visor that he's got flipped up. All right. So, so that's for interesting. Any guys, <laughs> uh, out there that did not watch the Panthers game. Cam Newton wore a bucket hat, but he cut out the top of it. So he could let his hair, so his hair could free. <laughs> and I just want to, I don't want, I want to know your thoughts on this style. Send him in. Yeah, in. that'd be interesting. You like it? See, see my, what I was thinking and what I said is like, that hat is the equivalent of like whenever someone, Whoever did this the first time decided to cut holes in jeans and was like, all right, this is fashion. Like, that Yeah, what... he does. He's very, like, <laughs> risky with his fashion, or he's a risk taker. Yeah, I feel, I feel like as dumb as that looks, somehow it's going to catch on. It will. The new trend. I feel like if you're bald, maybe don't wear it because your head would get sunburned. True. But if you have a lot of hair, it could work. The purpose. It's like a skirt for your head. Of a hat. Yeah. <laughs> a skirt for your head. <laughs> yeah, so Cam Newton got the crazy hair and hat styles going. He also got injured last night. Oh no! Yeah, it's not good. So we'll see. We'll see what's uh, what's going on with that. But that was uh, what I wanted to see your thoughts on. Now we'll get into what everyone's really here for: is to hear about how fitness has changed Hannah's life. So 
just as we do in most episodes, I like to take things back to, you know, when fitness wasn't in the individual's life. So, for those of you that don't know, me and Hannah are actually the same age, and we actually, well, not we, I actually was the first, she was actually the first girl <laughs> that I ever met in Charlotte. So, yep. in 2013, I came to Queens University orientation in the summer, and Hannah Morse was standing there, and she was the first girl I ever met. Yes. And, and we're still friends this day. We are. I know, I feel like in college, we didn't really talk and then after college we're all friends now we all hang out yeah so hannah's lovely hannah is dating one of my uh golf teammates in college and like she said we weren't really that close in college but we got closer whenever she started dating jake is his name and now we all hang out all the time it's a great time it is uh, we used to live together for a while we shared uh we shared a residence yep and all is great in the world. So, yeah, <laughs> let's go back to before college, before any of this, uh, you know, before you and me even knew each other. And talk me through when you weren't doing fitness and what made you got, get into fitness. Well, I feel like my fitness journey is kind of a roller coaster because... Yeah, most people do. Yeah, that's true. I Both of my parents were musicians so I grew up around art and music a lot but my parents were also very supportive of keeping my sister and I active and um I was always very we were very mindful of like what we ate and I was a competitive dancer the, that was the first really the first um thing that I got into was Scottish Highland dance, which is very random. Um, I would like dance around the stage in a kilt and it was mostly like jumping up and down. And, um, I think I liked it so much because since I, my parents got me started off with music lessons really early on. So I was performing in choirs and kind of plays when I was really little. So I liked that dance was performing and moving your body combined. And so I did that competitively up until high school and we would travel all around. That was the first time I really, um, connected to movement or staying active. And I didn't really have to think about it. It was just kind of something that I liked to do. And then I was in high school, I swam on the swim team and was, it was okay. It wasn't like obsessed with swimming, but I did it to stay in shape. And I think I've always like I, well, in middle school, I was a little bit bigger than the girls, the same girls my age. And I remember just comparing myself to them. So I, th- I think swimming was there to kind of just stay in shape. And then after high school, when I got to college, I, ha- I was a music major or a music therapy major. And I wasn't really an athlete in our school. Queens has a big athletic presence. So there's a lot of sports teams. And um, I had a hard time connecting to fitness in any way I would go to the gym but I didn't like it because I would start comparing myself to the athletes that were in there and be like well I'm not strong enough to be here whatever it was um and then I found this dance fitness class that I really liked and now it's called the jam clt if you live in charlotte you should try it out because it's really fun but that kind of got me moving my body again and then I found yoga and I'd done a few yoga classes, but hadn't done many. And I started just doing all of the free classes that I could find anything that was $5 or less. I would be at, even if it was, um, 
not like, I didn't really know what, what good yoga was. I don't really think there's such a thing as good yoga, but I just would go to any yoga class that I could find. Um, and I started doing it at home and I loved the concept of combining breath to movement. And then this addition of kind of this mindful practice. So as you're in a yoga class, you're challenging your body. Mostly I would go to hot yoga so I'm sweating, I'm feeling really uncomfortable. And then the instructor's walking around sprinkling in these little words of wisdom um, that really resonated with me. So I really gained a love for yoga. And then throughout college, that was kind of my main source of fitness. And I remember um, I was thinking about this when the first time that I really started being curious about CrossFit was when we went to that competition that you were in. Do you remember that? You were at a competition in Uptown I Charlotte. I do remember. It was the, I don't remember the name, but it was at the Charlotte Convention Center. Hannah and Jake came and watched me compete, and I'll let her continue. Yeah, and it was, I remember seeing, like, the women there were not, like, stick thin or something, and I was just, and I remember seeing everyone moving, and just, they all looked like badasses. I was like, wow, they're so strong, and they're just, like, pushing their bodies, and it's crazy, and it's kind of scary, but I'm also curious, and then... um I was still, I still mostly did yoga, but I remember I did workouts with you and Jake a few times in the gym at Queens and I was so sore for the weeks to follow. And then, um, after I graduated, I'd actually written myself a letter freshman year of college and I had my career goals listed. And one of them was, um, dance fitness instructor or yoga instructor. And the one thing, the other career goals hadn't really stayed the same, but that one had. And so I decided to sign up for my yoga teacher training did that. And then I started teaching. Actually, my first gig was at Urban Movement, who um, Sue Bauer was on episode two, right? The owner. And I talked with um, Sarah Isaac and she asked if I wanted to teach yoga there. I started teaching yoga and, um, and then I was seeing people across the gym lifting barbells and doing burpees and all this stuff. And I sparked my interest. So I started doing workouts there. And then I got my, eventually, as I'd been teaching yoga more, I started realizing I want to start teaching fitness and wellness and yoga and all of these things. Um, So Stu hosted a level one, CrossFit level one training at the gym. And um, I feel really grateful that he offered me to come and take the training. So I did. And now I have my level one and I coach a uh, flex class, which is like a combination of functional fitness and yoga, um, at urban movement. And then I am the studio assistant and pretty much teach yoga full time at core power yoga, which is where I did my training initially. So now fitness is like my whole life. (laughs) Seriously. All right. So before we get too far ahead of ourselves and, uh, yeah, before we get too far, um, I want to take things back to high school. But first, did you just say you attributed you getting into CrossFit to me? Oh, yes. Oh, shoot. Definitely. I like, I, de- I, I remember, <laughs> I remember your competition and I was like, what the hell is this? Because I never, I really had never, like, I'd heard of CrossFit, but I'd heard bad things about CrossFit. Yeah. And so then. Yeah, that's usually. Different. That's usually. And yeah. And. Um, I think that's unfortunate because I, like when I came to that competition and I saw you, someone who I knew doing it, 
I was like, oh, wow, like Webby just goes to college and he's doing this crazy CrossFit thing on, on the side because I don't think we'd graduated by then. Yeah, um, and I, still, I, we're about to be seniors. Yeah. And I think you were, co- were you coaching by then? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I remember we went to the Queens gym and the, the, f- this was like the first CrossFit workout that I did mm-hmm. was like, it was you, Evan and Jake and I, and we did wall balls, box jumps and s- something else. I don't exactly remember what the other thing was, but I remember, um, you kind of coached me through it. And then after that, I felt like terrible for the week cause I was so <laughs> sore and I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I need to get into this. And so, and then once I was at urban movement and I had the free membership there because I was teaching there, um, I did, I saw people like across the gym, literally lifting heavy weights and doing all this stuff. And it piqued my interest. I also think that urban movement has been set up in a way to help everyone feel accepted there. Like in the past, I've been to gyms and I felt like there's competition or like I have to look a certain way or be this like level of strength in there. I could kind of experiment with that journey on my own and not feel a pressure to compete with other people or to like post my results or anything like that. So, so they do. Yeah. Taking away the competitive edge. Yes. Things that most CrossFit gyms do not do. Yes. Um, Ooh, thunder. Yeah, I think it's going to storm. Shoot. Um, <laughs> okay, so like I was saying, let's take things back. Um, in high school, when you got into swimming, mm-hmm. I want to know, I want to ask a few questions. So, okay. like you said, you were into, what was the name, what kind of dancing again? Scottish Highland dancing. It's <laughs> so random. Scottish Highland dancing was your main gig in middle school. And then in high school, what... Like, how did you even find swimming? What was, did you swim for? Were you literally just like, all right, I need to be in shape. I need to look like everyone else, like the other girls in school for whatever reason. And swimming's going to do that for me. I I swam on my summer league since I was really young. That was actually like the first, my parents got me into swimming and soccer when I was really little. And I played soccer in middle school, like up until middle school. I just, they didn't have that much of an impact on me. Like my, when I was six years old, my mom would pick me up from soccer practice and my coach would say like, yeah, Hannah picked flowers for the whole time. She didn't really play. <laughs> or like she was, she asked if I could, if she could play on the playground while practice was happening. So I didn't love soccer. It was fun, but, um, swimming I enjoyed because I had so many friends that did it. Like my summer friends, we would just ride our bikes to the pool and be at the pool all day. Um, and so I, once I got to high school, my older sister was on the swim team and I just decided like, I already know how to swim and you didn't really have to, yeah. And like the tryouts weren't that serious. Like pretty much anyone was, I wasn't very good at swimming, but it kept me in shape and I liked it. So, I mean, I remember in my high school, the swim kids were super fit and I know their workouts were tough. Mm -hmm. And so obviously, you know, doing high school swimming isn't. No, it's not just a joke. Yeah. So, Our practice was like five like, in the morning and it was, yeah. it was, it was character yeah, so building. So you, had, <laughs> you had to have had, you know, some passion for it because mm-hmm. you know, get up at 5 a.m. and do all that kind of stuff for, for nothing really. So that's interesting. Um, and when you got to Queens, you know, swimming obviously stopped. Did you mm-hmm. miss it or did you, uh, were you glad that it, it was kind of in the past? I, I did a little bit, like I would go to the pool. Queens has a really nice facility. 
um, the Levine Center where like the Olympic Ryan Lochte used to train there and they have, it's a really nice facility. So I did, um, I did some swimming. I would just like go there late at night when no one was there and swim. Um, like if you want to, so like I was saying, the pool there is like top notch. And if you know, we, us non-swimmers, if you're not on the swim team, you can use the pool, but it's Mm -hmm. like from 8.30 PM to like 9.30 PM. Like you get the worst hour. 8.30 AM to 9.30 PM. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't, that, what I was saying is you like, you aren't allowed to use the pool until like 8.30. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you're just a regular old student, like they, they lock that thing down for the you know, the Olympians, the swimmers. Yeah. But yeah, I would swim a little bit. (laughs) I I did it mostly to stay in shape because that was like the only type of fitness that I knew. Like if I would go into a gym, because I used to go into the fitness center and and try and work out, but I didn't know how to. And I was just like, I would just go in there and I would run on the treadmill for like five minutes. And I'd be like, well, I don't really know what else to do. So I'm just going to (laughs) leave. Yeah. That's probably you know 80 percent of america right there yes yes um, so all right so awesome swimming is in the past at this at this point and you decide like we heard to like go full dive into yoga mm-hmm. um what sparked your interest there who got you into yoga what you know what brought you to it i i think like the first yoga class that I took, I, I can't really remember the first class that I took, but I do remember the first time I did yoga. It was kind of, I've always loved dancing mm-hmm. in high school. I, even though I wasn't doing the Scottish dance anymore, I was still dancing. I was doing like ballet and hip hop and yoga. I feel like you can get into these really beautiful poses, um, and you're flowing. So it's kind of like dance, like you're going from one movement to the next Mm -hmm. and you're also breathing with it. So that was like a big game changer for me. Um, since I'm breathing into the poses, I noticed a lot of relief. Like when they would say, take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out, feel your body like releasing for some, some reason I just felt, I really resonated with that. And, um, I was able to take the breathing techniques into other places of my life. If I were, were to ever run, which was very rare, but if I ever did run, I would practice the same breathing techniques, um, to relax myself as a singer. I also sing, but I would use some of the breathing techniques in yoga to help me. And then also just the instructors, they're pairing really intense movement movements, um, and heat. Cause I, it was hot yoga that I did. They're pairing that with, um, meditation. And at the end of class, you do Shavasana where you literally just lay on the floor for like five minutes and you close your eyes and you take a mini nap and they'll bring lavender towels or they'll like give you a little massage. It really is. And so I just felt like I, I really felt like strong and beautiful and euphoric. Like at the end, I was just like, oh, I feel amazing. And so that was really what drew me in. Yeah, I think that's interesting because that's in CrossFit when I was doing it. And now with Ironman too, when I finish a workout, the feeling that it gives me mm-hmm. is what makes me want to do it again. And exactly. That's interesting that yoga, and I mean, Pretty much any type of working out, I think, will give you that at the end. Yes. If you push yourself. Um, and so, yeah, that it's cool to see how that theme kind of is common amongst, you know, everyone that I talk to. Yes. Um, so, you kind of didn't answer my question. 
Uh oh. <laughs> like, who got you into yoga, or was it just you being curious, like, oh, I want to go try this five dollar class? <sighs> that is yoga. a thing. I. I'm trying to think. Like we already figured out, I got you into CrossFit. I know. So who was the Chris Webster of yoga? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think, well, I think the yoga helped me to be more mindful and like really remember things because I honestly, uh, yeah, I don't remember. Well, no, you know what it was? I do know. I remember I did a hot yoga class in high school. It was one time with my friend and I didn't really enjoy it, but I remember the reason I went to it was because I read an article about hot yoga and how you burn like 800 calories in a class and is detoxing and like, it'll help you lose all this weight. And I was, I've like always struggled with body image and I, I was always wanting to lose weight. And so I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to lose like 10 pounds by going to this yoga class. And so I went, um, literally because I wanted to lose weight. And then when I got in the room, I realized that it was kind of similar to dance. Mm -hmm. And then I, um, once I got into college, I remember thinking like, okay, well, I can't really take dance lessons because I don't have time. And what else can I do that's similar to that? And yeah. mm -hmm. That's interesting. Um, I can't believe you can't even remember. I know. Well, there was no like person. Off your entire like life to change. Well, that's why. That's why I think. (laughs) That's why I think that like I found it so authentically. Like I just found it on my own. Like I. CrossFit or that like functional fitness was introduced to me by you and Jake and Stu, like all those people with yoga. I literally just kind of wandered into a class and I was like, I love this. I was by myself. I think yeah. that's what helped me Caught to, you by surprise. yeah, exactly. So, that's, well, I'm glad it did. Yes. <laughs> now, now, um, you know, your life is flourishing because of it. Exactly. Um, and so I want to get into yoga for, for a little bit because I've taken a couple of tennis classes. Um, I've taken the core power hot yoga. Yep, C2. Or, no, what's the one? Sculpt. sculpt. Yoga sculpt. sculpt. I just got done teaching that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so what sculpt is, it's like really hot in the room. It's like, what, 98 or something? 95 to 98, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's brutal in the room. And then you're doing yoga mixed with like, push-ups and burpees and weight like small yeah, weights small repetitive weights movement and stuff and you sweat so much it's mm-hmm. so i've taken that class i've taken uh her class at urban movement and i think that's it but you took a c2 you took like a regular hot yoga class with huey oh yeah I you and jake well. so i've taken three yoga classes in my yay <laughs> four years of life and so, obviously, I'm a little inexperienced and don't know as much as, obviously, Hannah does or other yoga enthusiasts. So, I want to talk about it a little bit. Um, my first question is, and I have to preface it with something. So, when I did CrossFit, um, and I was talking to Annalie about this the other day, and she thought this question would be, like, somewhat offensive. I don't think it is. <laughs> Gosh, um, I'm scared. I want to know, know what your thoughts are. So, when I was doing CrossFit all the time, right? I I would go into the gym and I would have like, you know, I would have a goal to try to accomplish, right? I'd be like, all right, I want to get um, a 415 back squat. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go back squat to try to improve that. I mm-hmm. want to get, um, you know, faster at my friend time. So I'm going to do pull-ups and thrusters to try to get better, right? So I had, I, you know, I would always go into the gym with a goal in mind, right? Right. So, um, 
And, you know, I just don't know because I haven't done yoga enough. What is that sort of thing for you in yoga? You know, what's <laughs> the, all right, I'm going in to do yoga today to get better at what? Or is, does that even exist? Is that a thing in yoga? The reason that I love yoga so much, that, that question is not offensive. It's actually a really good question because um, the reason that I do love yoga so much is because you're still moving your body and strengthening your body and you're not focused on a physical goal. I, I, I understand that like the physical part of it resonates with a lot of people. For me, when I'm putting pressure on like my physical body, mm-hmm. I start to feel bad about myself and the yoga, you go into yoga and you set an intention and it's basically the same as setting a goal for me. For example, in my classes recently, my whole intention has been, how can you find curiosity on your mat? So instead of self-criticism in a yoga sculpt class, when you're sweating your butt off and it gets really, really hard and you want to stop, um, it's easy for that little voice to come into your head being like, Oh, push harder. You're not strong enough. Why aren't you like, why can't you keep going? Or why aren't you working as hard as the person next to you? That kind of thing. Or telling you to just like quit. Yeah, exactly. Like just give up. So how, so instead of like letting that self-criticism come in to guide you, how can you bring in curiosity of like, Oh, I feel that little bit of criticism coming in. So I'm going to ask myself a question of like, how can I dive deeper into this to help me move forward? Mm -hmm. Like, why am I feeling this right now? And so when you're doing yoga, um, yes, you for me, it's handstands. Like you, I'm sure you see, I'm obsessed with doing handstands. So a lot of my yoga practice, the physical part of it surrounds like strengthening my forearms or strengthening my shoulders or my abs, because I want to get better at doing handstands. Um, but yoga is really pairing body and mind. And so you're, you're coming in, maybe it's present, maybe it's to focus on your breath. Maybe it's to, um, feel confident in whatever choice that you make, whether you're lowering down to your knees in a high plank, whether you're, um, sitting a little bit, not as low in your squat as someone else or, um, whatever it is, just being confident in the choices that you make. So for me, I set the goals in a different way. It's a goal of like more of a mental goal. Um, and people do still set if, if you're like a physical goal would be, I want to hold a high plank for longer, or I want to, um, be able to do more reps in my crunches or get a certain pose. There's like handstand or, um, an arm balance that are, they're challenging and you have to work up to them. So that would be like a physical goal in yoga. But I think the reason that I do love it so much is because you're pairing like a mental intention with your physical practice and you're, that's what helps you to focus and get through the discomfort is to have that yeah. mental part brought, brought into it. So that's awesome. Um, so what I'm picking up is, you know, obviously, like I was saying, when I go to CrossFit, I'm like, all right, I want to get better at this and this to perform better at this. For you, it's, I want to go in and challenge my mind, right? Like, you're mm-hmm. sharpening your, your mind. Mm-hmm. Your, I mean, obviously, you're, you're sharpening your muscles and all that, too. But that's, that's pretty sweet that, you know, from yoga, you can, I, I, I kind of like to call it, like, mental toughness. You yeah. You to, like, improve your mental toughness. So... Well, and it's that, but it's also being forgiving if you're not feeling mentally tough on that day or you're not feeling physically tough and you're like, I just want to come in here and modify everything. It's having like 
challenging your mind to be forgiving of that. Because a lot of times we, if we don't feel strong that day, we're still going to push through and we're still going to like work our bodies until we hurt. And so it's, if you're not feeling it 100% that day, like letting yourself just go into a space and modify and knowing that you're still just as strong, like it's strong to make the choice to back off. And so that's like a big passion of going into a yoga room and or yoga studio and teaching or taking is just like being forgiving of yourself and being confident in whatever choice you make on your mat. So it is the mental toughness, but it's also just, um, finding that like bit of forgiveness and the balance. Um, awesome. Um, so like I was talking about with CrossFit, right? Um, it, like all the things that I was mentioning seem like geared towards competition, right? So like obviously if you want to get stronger or faster, it's probably because you're competitive or like either with yourself or with others. Mm-hmm. Is there competition in yoga? I will say unfortunately, yes. How so? Well, why is it unfortunate and how is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, yoga originated so long ago back in India. So I feel like the yoga that I do and the yoga that I teach is not like there's so many different. It really started off as like a spiritual practice. Yeah, because it was like religion. It kind of, yeah, you just it, like connecting to the divine, which is like for some people, the divine is God. And so now we've brought yoga into like the workout and the fitness world. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I say, unfortunately it is because you wouldn't go into a church and be like trying to sing louder than the person next to you or trying to like pray more than the person. Like it's, um, and so that's why I think I am so passionate about yoga is because it doesn't always feel competitive. Um, but you will see like on Instagram or on, um, like in the videos, if you watch like YouTube yoga videos, you'll see someone who's wearing the most expensive yoga gear and they're like super toned and they're wearing like this tiny little outfit and they look so good. And so that's where the competitiveness comes in. Or if you're next to someone on your mat and they're like able to hold a high plank longer than you are, or they're able to get up into a handstand and hold it for a minute. Um, it's easy to feel the competitiveness, but that that's going back to why yoga is so challenging is to like bring the mental, try and bring the competition out of it. I am not competitive. I, I do not like competition. That's why I think, um, it was hard for me to be on, be in team sports when I was little, because I just, I, I will compete with myself when I'm feeling competitive, Mm -hmm. but I don't like to compete with other people. I like to like hug, hug in other people and support other people. Not that competition is a bad thing. When, for me, when I start to feel that sense of competition, I put, I like, it's like anger immediately comes in and I wish that I was able to be competitive in a healthy way. But for me personally, it's hard. And that was why I was so intimidated by CrossFit initially was because I knew it was competitive and I knew it was like, I'm going to go in there and just compare myself to everyone. And so with yoga, I will say, yes, there is competition, but hopefully, um, the more instructors that are trained and the more people who start teaching yoga can share just this, space for people to come in and feel welcome. Mm-hmm. And I, I know it's probably sounding like I'm saying like, Oh, you don't feel welcome doing CrossFit or anything. I think that it's a balance. Like, yes, it's important to be competitive with yourself and others because you want to 
grow and you want to find growth and you want to improve in whatever goals they are that you have. And and that I think with healthy competition can, can help you grow. But I think there should also be a space for someone to come in and be like, Oh, I'm just not feeling competitive today. I want to just do whatever I need and not feel like I have to keep going against someone else or against myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. And just like we were talking about with CrossFit, right? It's very competitive, and then every movement came along and yes. like replaced that. And so, do you feel like there should be, like, I don't even know. So, my next question was going to be like, is there actual competitions, like where you would go and like see who can perform the best, like pose or something? <laughs> like, does that exist? No. Okay. That, no. I, I didn't know. So, with that said, right? Then there really is no need to go in there and be like, oh, well, my Lululemon costs more than your <laughs> athletic gear and I'm better than you. So, um, yeah, like there's no need to go into a yoga studio and like strut your stuff. It, like, no, from what I'm picking up, it's like, all right, we're all just going to get together and we're going to release the stress of the day and challenge our minds. And exactly. Go. Exactly. And that's how it should be. Right. Right. I agree. Well, yeah. There you go. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, that, and, you know, that's unique because in any other gym or, you know, modality of fitness, it's probably not going to be that way, right? It's going right. to be, hey, who's the fastest, you know, who in biking, you know, who's, who's the fastest that, that day in CrossFit, who lifted the most, mm-hmm. something like that. So I feel like yoga would be a really nice break from that, which everyone should and would need mm-hmm. in their lives. So yeah. that's awesome. And with that said, you know, it should stay that way. So I'm glad that you're advocating for it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so yeah, so Hannah's, you know, killing the yoga and it's like, we've heard very instrumental in her life. It's very life changing for her. And, you know, obviously fitness and yoga are intertwined and through that it has changed her life entirely because, you know, that's how she makes a living. That's, what she does on a day in and day out basis, but um, I will. I don't want to know. I don't know if I want to say. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I will anyways. <laughs> had a very big life-altering um, event. Do you call it an event that yeah. came into her life um, that has kind of changed everything for her? And um, I'm gonna go ahead and let her tell the story. So before you you know, talk about how to change your life and all that. I want to hear the story of how you found out about this life-changing event and, <laughs> you know, the story stories behind that. And I'll let you unveil what this life-changing event is. Okay. Well, when I was just getting into doing workouts at Urban Movement and teaching yoga, I got, like, almost addicted to it, and I was, like always at the gym or I was always doing yoga if I wasn't teaching and I was also nannying 50 hours a week. So I was very busy and I was loving life obviously. And I was in January of 2017, I got this really bad sickness. Like I got a flu. I don't know if it was a flu or a virus or what. That was my foot, by the way. I feel like you have to cut that out. <laughs> no, <laughs> my foot. Yeah, those beans earlier. <laughs> I remember when you were sick too because uh, Jake was always making you soup. So I remember. Yeah, that. Jake took good care of me. Um, yeah, so I got I got pretty sick. It was the first time I'd been like sick sick in a while. Um, I had a high fever. I was constantly just sleeping. I slept for like four days basically, and after I got better. Um, 
I was, I'd been putting a lot of pressure on myself, you know, when you're not in the gym or when you're not doing yoga, you feel like, Oh, I need to get back into the groove of things. So I kind of went a little bit harder than I had been before. And I stepped on the scale and I noticed within like two weeks of being sick, I'd lost like 10 pounds. And I thought, you know, I wasn't really eating. It's a lot of weight. Um, but I was like, I hadn't really been eating. I hadn't, or, or I'd been drinking a lot of fluids. It's probably just from that. And I was really, really tired. Um, I was really thirsty. I was getting up like four times in the night to pee. I was really hungry all the time. And um, I just attributed that to me constantly working out, nannying 50 hours a week and teaching on top of that. And so um, I just kept, after I'd been sick, I kept losing weight. I lost total, I lost like 33 pounds in like a month and a half. And the hard part of that was I was feeling really good because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm losing all this weight and I'm feeling great about myself. And everyone's telling me like, oh, you look so slim, so slim. You look so like in shape. And I was really thirsty. And I remember like when I would nanny, I would be there from 8 a.m. to 6. I brought like three morning snacks. I brought a giant salad for lunch with like lots of chicken in it. And then I would bring like three afternoon snacks and I was constantly eating. And even after eating that food, I would go into their pantry and get like the Oreos and get the chips and just constantly eating, um, still losing a ton of weight, falling asleep. I would literally like when the baby was napping, I would fall asleep and it was so weird because I've never been a tired person. Anyways, so then um, after I had been sick, this didn't really relate to my symptoms. I just was like, I should probably go to the doctor because I'm an adult now. I haven't been to the doctor. I scheduled a physical. And before my physical, Jake and I went on a big trip and we weren't doing any working out. I was like eating all the carbs, drinking all the beer, the one like active thing we did, I was snowboarding for like a day. That was it. And so when I got back, I had my physical the next day. And as I was stepping onto the scale at the physical's office or at the doctor's office, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be bad. Cause I haven't been working out. Like I've undone all my progress and I had lost weight. Like I had lost more weight and they did the blood test. A week later I got a call and the nurse was like, Hey Hannah, um, does diabetes run in your family? And I kind of was like, no, it doesn't. And long story short, um, I got diagnosed with type one diabetes and I basically had to like re see my fitness journey. Like I had been working out constantly and I thought I was losing a lot of weight from that. And I thought I was just feeling hungry and, and eating more because of that. But it was because I was like slowly weathering away. And so of course I like gained all of the weight back right away. And I started to just, um, my lens on fitness kind of shifted to like being healthy in a different way and not looking at it from more of a physical point, but more of just like a, am I healthy right now? Kind of like, are my blood sugars good and all of that. So yeah, that changed a lot. Yeah, for sure. Big adjustment. For sure. And Mm -hmm. so with this change, how, how does that change, you know, obviously it changes your whole life, right? How does it yeah. change your day to day? What, um, you know, what's new because of this new, uh, you know, type one diabetes in your life? What, how has it affected your life? Well, when I, I didn't used to have to think as much about what, the choices that I made. Um, so 
just like a little background, if I eat any carbohydrate, even if it comes from brown rice or a carrot or like fruit, that's going to affect my blood sugar and cause it to spike, which is not a good thing. Um, and then also certain types of working out can cause that spike as well. Whereas certain types of working out can cause a big drop in blood sugar. Um, so it was really just relearning how to how to live on a daily basis because I'm giving myself shots of insulin and I'm picking out how much I should take for what food and that kind of thing. Um, so day to day now, I don't, I don't feel the need as much to go to the gym to work out. And I like a lot of the workouts that are really, really, really intense will cause my blood sugar to go up really high. And so I think I've just been kind of avoiding those workouts now because I know I'm going to spike up to like 300, which is way higher than it should be because I'm releasing adrenaline and cortisol into my body, which causes that spike. So, um, now kind of, like I said before, fitness to me is just knowing that my blood sugars are in range and feeling mentally good about how things are going. And, um, even with teaching, like I can't just eat a bagel before I teach or I can't just, um, drink. I don't, I've never drank soda, but like a juice, I can't drink like a, or a smoothie or something right before I go to teach because, um, if I have a low blood sugar in class, then I'll have to eat candy and to me teaching a fitness class and eating candy is like kind of a weird thing to do at the same time. So it's really changed everything. I feel like it has made me more mindful. Like you, it was very unfortunate that it happened and I wish that I didn't have to live with it for the rest of my life. But I think I know so much more about myself and I'm so much more forgiving about like, if I, if I'm not feeling too great, I take care of myself. I won't do things because I think I should, I'll, I'll be a self-advocate and do what I need. Um, so I have like, I'm just so much more mindful and I know so much I've learned, like everyone in my life is so supportive of it. And I think that's awesome too. So yeah, yeah. Mean, it has changed everything, my, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how is it, like you said, right, you have to take insulin to eat carbs. So before diabetes, you like most people would just eat carbs and it was normal, right? So right. How, what's your diet like now? Do you... Um, do you do like keto because you know you shouldn't have carbs or do you, you know, still eat carbs and just take insulin? What's, what's the Hannah Morse diet like nowadays? It depends on the day. Um, I usually try and eat minimal carbs. I'm not keto. I'm not like really high fat. I'm, I would say more like paleo, um, with, so it depends on what I'm doing. Like I said, I have to really plan my day around what I have to plan what I eat around what I'm doing in the day. Yeah. If I'm teaching three classes and I'm going to take a class, then my insulin sensitivity. So insulin is the hormone. I'm look. I'm looking at the microphone. Like it's the person insulin is the hormone that processes glucose in your body. So it breaks down glucose in your blood so that your blood can use it as energy. Um, so any carbohydrate is going to require insulin and type one diabetes. If you have it, you don't produce any insulin. Um, so your body is not able to use any carb as energy. So it's just going to keep sugar in your bloodstream, which causes all of the symptoms that I said earlier. So if I'm, um, 
working out a lot. If I'm going to be walking, if I'm going to be doing yoga or teaching yoga, and I know I'm going to be on my feet, my insulin sensitivity is going to be higher. So my insulin is going to dissolve in my bloodstream a lot easier. And sometimes I don't even have to take any insulin because what I've got in my body will start to work better because I, because I'm moving so much. So on a day like that, I'll probably eat more carbs than I would, but I'm very routine. Um, I don't really eat breakfast. I'll have coffee in the morning and then around 1130 or 12, I eat either if I'm home, I'll have like eggs and avocado. So very low carb. Um, and then maybe like one piece of toast. And then if I'm at work, I'll have like a cauliflower rice bowl. So it's just basically a salad, um, with chicken. And then for, it's nice too. It's like with all the invention of all these new foods. Yes. Uh, like cauliflower rice didn't exist. And like chicken crust pizza and there are, and I do, I do miss like just being able to mindlessly eat things. Um, especially when I'm in a social setting and everyone's like, Oh, I'm just going to pick out on these donuts. I'm like, Oh, I can't. Or, or people will say to me like, Oh my gosh, sorry. I like shouldn't be eating this in front of you. And it's just, I'm like, it's okay. You don't have to say sorry, but I do miss it sometimes. But like I said, the mindfulness of knowing what I'm putting into my body and how it's going to affect me is really has taught me a lot. But, um, diet wise, I pretty much eat like high protein, low carb. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you do have higher carbs you just have to take more insulin Mm -hmm. yep like today I had a bagel for breakfast because I was really craving a bagel and it's Friday and I felt like I deserved it and so I took insulin for it but I knew that I was going to be teaching two yoga sculpt classes and I was going to be moving a lot so I didn't take as much insulin um so it's just all a balancing act yeah yeah sounds like it um and so with the type 1 diabetes does fitness help it or negate it is mm. like um, I would like I don't know I kind of think that being fit obviously is going to help in some way does does it for, definitely for definitely um, the if I don't work out for a week my blood sugar is going to be running high like um, just automatically yeah well I take. I take a certain amount of long acting insulin every night. So it's just this kind of stabilizer insulin that stays in my body for 24 hours Mm -hmm. and I have to dose it. So I take 13 units at night. If I weren't working out, I'd probably have to take a lot more than that. So fitness and physical activity, whether it's walking, whether it's running, dancing around the house, like whatever it is really, really helps. Um, recently when I've done workouts at urban movement, my blood sugar spikes like really, really high, um, because it's such high intensity. Even if you were to wear a glucose monitor, you would probably like see the spike in your own body, even though you don't even have diabetes, just because your body is releasing these stress hormones. And so it's going to spike your blood sugar. So you need fitness, just not like too much fitness. Well, it's, (laughs) yeah, it's just... I'm still learning cause it's fairly new in my life. Um, but fitness is like key to my blood sugar management. If I, yeah. Um, if I don't, if I know I'm not going to be working out that day, I'll walk or which is still physical activity, or I will literally like turn up the music really loud in here and just dance around because that helps tremendously. Um, and I feel bad. I, 
I think I did grow up, like my parents were always supportive of us being active and eating really well. Um, and so I have this knowledge and I've always kind of been passionate about nutrition and health. And it's hard sometimes for me to understand when people don't manage it well, like their diabetes, I, it's such a, it's such a hard thing to manage, but I, since I have been active my whole life and I have like had this passion for fitness before I got diagnosed, I haven't had that hard of a time to adjust because it just comes second nature to me to get in some physical activity or to eat healthy. And, um, so sometimes I, I find it hard to like relate to people who are like, it's so hard for me to manage it. And I feel bad because I want to empower people that have diabetes and I want to like support people. And so, um, right now I'm trying to think of ways to like relate to, to the people, the many people who are struggling with type one who don't have fitness in their background. Um, cause you can't just like say, Oh, this is going to help you go to the gym. Um, cause no one's, it's like, you can't believe it until you see it happening in your own body. Yeah. But fitness plays like a huge role in it in diabetes and managing it. So, yeah. well, good thing you were, good thing it's my life. Things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so with, this is just a question cause I honestly don't know the answer and it might be a really dumb question, but is diabetes something that you're type one diabetes? Are you born with it or can it just, you know, somehow occur in your body? They don't really know. I was not born with it. And it wasn't a dumb question. <laughs> it's not a dumb question at all. There are many research scientists trying to find the answer. Um, it's not a lifestyle disease. A lot of people have misconceptions about diabetes in general. Mm -hmm. It can be. It's also genetic. Like my, um, I know that some of my friends are considered pre-diabetic, even though they're very, very active and they're, but it's just their genetics. Um, but sometimes type two diabetes can be a lifestyle disease. Like if you're drinking a lot of Coca-Cola and eating like a lot of stuff that's high in sugar, um, and you don't move around a lot, then your body starts to, um, can develop between type one and type two type. So type two, um, it's funny, Jake can explain this better than I can type one diabetes. Basically they don't know exactly why, but you, you have this, um, organ in your body called your pancreas and it produces hormone or it produces insulin. And for some reason it's an autoimmune disorder. So your body just starts to attack these insulin cells until they're eventually all killed Mm -hmm. and your pancreas just stops working. So I don't produce any insulin in my body, which is why I have to inject it with type two diabetes. Your body still produces insulin, but it doesn't function in the right way. It doesn't process the glucose in your blood as well as it should, which is why a lot of type two diabetics can reverse it with lifestyle changes or with taking pills. Um, if you have type one diabetes, you have to like inject insulin into your body somehow, um, or else you won't live for very long, which is, and it's really sad because a lot of older people or overweight people will get diagnosed immediately with type two because of that misconception. Um, and, and then they, it turns out that they have type one and it becomes really bad because they're not managing it in the right way. But yeah, so mine is, they, they don't know what causes it, but there have been, there has been like, I wasn't born with it. The, The weird thing is when I was, when I was like 16 or 17, I went to a rheumatologist and I'd got blood work done cause I was having other symptoms and I 
tested positive for an autoimmune disorder, but I didn't test positive for diabetes. And then I randomly got diagnosed. It's just, it's a wow. mystery. It's yeah. it's hard. It's hard because I'm like, why don't they know the answer? <laughs> <laughs> One day they will. One day they will. Okay, yes. Yeah, that's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I wish you the best of luck with that. <laughs> Thank I, you. I, I think that you've been managing it very well, um, especially coming from where you started. Because I remember when she first was diagnosed, the first night she came home and she had to inject insulin. She was like crying hysterically. It was bad. She was so scared of the needle. It took me and like... Jake had to do it for yeah. her because she wouldn't do it to herself. She wouldn't inject the needle to herself and Jake did it for her. And I'm sure nowadays it's like not even... Like yes. Literally just second nature. So. It's still hard, but it's like, yeah, I feel like I saw you... <laughs> and I was like, my eyes were all puffy and I was like, this is not good. I, I couldn't do it. Jake had to do it for me. It took like two hours to finally do it. <laughs> then the next day I was at my nanny, the place where I used to nanny the house. I was all by myself and I had packed some carbs for lunch and I was like, yeah, I can't, yeah. I was like, I can't eat this if I don't do this. And so I just had to do it. And <laughs> sometimes scary things will happen. Like I'll hit something I, weird, but I'm very afraid of needles. Me well. too. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I would probably be in the same boat. I'd get Jake to do it for me. <laughs> yeah, Jake would do it. Yeah, he's good at it. I I sk- I almost skipped the physical, the one where I got diagnosed when they did the blood work. Oh, I almost please. skipped it because I knew they were gonna take my blood, and I didn't want that. Well, so I'm glad I went. Very good thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was brave. Um, yeah. So anyone out there listening, if you ever experience any of the symptoms that Hannah has, uh alluded to it might be a wise decision to go get your blood work yes because you might have a disease that you wouldn't even imagine yeah the symptoms don't show up very very strongly but i've been losing a lot of weight and eating a ton but oh gosh <laughs> you can check your blood sugar right now if you want to yeah i feel like it's a combination like do you if you're well for me it's just from because you're training for an iron man <laughs> uh i don't well I, knock on wood, it's not type 1 diabetes. No. I think it's Ironman training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yep. like, like I said, anyone that's experiencing those symptoms might be a good idea to get checked up. Just in case. Um, yeah, so now that we've talked about that and that whole, that, yeah, that crazy story, <laughs> I want to know kind of a few things about what goes on in your mind. So when you approach CrossFit or yoga, you know, how do you think about CrossFit differently than how you think about yoga? And what makes you like one versus the other? Um, and I'm going to make you choose which one you like better. And oh, why. boy. So this is like a three-questioner. That is. Well, which, okay, the first question was how do I decide which one I'm going to do? No. Or how do not, I approach them? Yeah, so how do you, like, mentally, how do you approach each? So, like, for me, right, for CrossFit, I would approach it like, all right, this is going to suck for eight minutes, and it's going to be really tough, but I'm going to get through it, and then it will be done. And then for um, for swimming, because I'm mm. doing swimming right now, I don't approach that way. I approach it as, all right, let's try to have the best stroke possible so that we can swim as efficient as possible and do that. So, you know, like the mindset's a little different. Mm -hmm. So what's your mindset going into yoga workout versus your mindset going into a CrossFit workout? Going into a CrossFit workout, 
is pretty much what you said. Like, this is going to suck. Um, but I know I'm going to feel really good after I do it. I will say recently, I haven't, I haven't been doing many of the workouts, um, that I had been, but when I do go in now, I challenge myself to pace or to try and keep the same amount of stamina throughout the workout. And so I really will watch the clock or I'll keep tabs on how long that round took me and I'll try and keep it the same or, um, yeah, more strategy, which helps me to get through it because it's a little bit of competition with myself. If I'm like on the assault bike and I was averaging at like, I don't know, 12 calories per minute or something. I don't even know if that's the right lingo. Um, then the next round I'll get on there and I'll try and average at like 12 and a half or whatever it is. I'll just try and keep adding on. And urban movement has helped a lot with that. Cause they literally will say like, watch the numbers. Don't just do it mindlessly. Yeah. But that helps me to get through it because I also, I also really like the intensity of it. Like with yoga, it's mostly kind of my space to play and like to have that again, like I said, the be, being forgiving and just doing what I really need to. And when I'm doing workouts, like high intensity workouts, I do enjoy the intensity of it. I'm not always in the mood for it, which is why I don't do it as often as I used to. Um, But I like when it's really, really intense and I just feel like, I feel like a badass. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just got through that crazy workout. And um, yeah, I'm more competitive with myself than I used to be, which is good. But that's how I approach um, CrossFit or high intensity workouts. And then with yoga, it's like, oh, I'm going to go into this and do as many handstands as I can throughout the whole class. I feel like, yeah, like with yoga for you, it's more like releasing yourself from whatever stresses or problems you have. And CrossFit, maybe that for you too, but in CrossFit, you're more mindful of like, Mm -hmm. all right, here's what I got to get done. Yeah. And here's how I'm going to do it. And then yoga is more like mindless. It's not that yoga is more like intentional, it depends on what I want to get out mindless. of it. I, I didn't mean mindless. I meant like, I don't even know the word. Present. I feel like I'm in yoga, I'm more present. In CrossFit or high intensity workouts, I go in it with a plan, like you said. Yeah. With yoga, I go in it without any idea of how it's going to go. And I'm just like, I'm going to take each moment as it comes. Yeah. Which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, that's awesome. So I think that is pretty much all the, the like deep dive questions I wanted to get into, but I have a couple um, like easy little fun questions. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait. Easy little fun questions with Hannah coming up. Yay. Right, question number one. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Here we go. Let's start off the easy little fun question. Question number one. What is, well, this might be different now that you uh, have type 1 diabetes. What is your favorite... One and only cheat meal. Ooh, a cheat meal. You can have one thing. It could be dessert. It could be pizza. It could be nachos. Mmm. Ice cream. Or like menchies. We have a menchies down the road. So when I'm really wanting something, I'm not a big sweet tooth, but menchies or cheese. Yeah, menchies and cheese. Menchies. Lots of dairy. Menchies and cheese on menchies top. With cheese would probably not be great. Probably not. <laughs> right, Yuck. So, well, I guess for any that don't know what menchies is, it's like, um, what did, what, we frozen yogurt? 
Yeah, it's frozen yogurt, and you can add all the toppings. I'm trying to think of the... Um, we had a place in West Virginia called Yogurt Mountain. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was inside a bookstore, and it was basically Menchie's, but it was, it was amazing. Yeah. And so you go in, it's soft-serve uh, frozen yogurt, you fill up your cup, and then you put whatever toppings you want on top. My favorite's the chocolate shell when it hardens yeah, on so top. So what good. You, what's your Menchie's order? I usually get a little bit of the birthday cake and most of the original tart, which people think is really weird. It's yeah. the kind that doesn't have any oh, flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love it. And then I add like some dark chocolate and some chocolate shell and whipped cream. And then I just like mash it all up. I'm really weird. Sometimes I'll microwave it for like 10 seconds. To soften like it up a little bit. A little Menchie's soup. Yep, Menchie's soup, my well, favorite. That sounds pretty good. You should, <laughs> you should treat yourself to some Menchie's soup tonight. Oh, maybe I will. It is. And tell Jake you deserve it. I already had a bagel today. <laughs> well, you double deserve it because you yes. are on the podcast and doing great things. Woo! So, Menchie's soup is Hannah's favorite cheat meal. Mine is. Can you guess mine? McDonald's. No. Um, Captain Crunch. Well. That's pretty good, but no. My favorite cheat meal is a medium Domino's pizza oh. and cinnamon sticks. It has to be cinnamon sticks because that's like the best. A one. medium, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a just kidding. Medium with cinnamon sticks is a lot. That of is food. a lot of food. That's hard to finish. Um, so that's my cheat meal, and I love it. Sounds good. Yeah. I'm not a big pizza person. Well, but if you know Brett Webster, his favorite food ever is pizza. He went to mm. Italy on a trip for, I think it was like 16, no, like 20 days. And every single night for 20 days, he had a pizza. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> 20 days of pizza. So that's where I get it. Has from. he had Anisios? Does he like Anisios? Uh, I don't think he has. And oh. he needs to go. Yeah, he does. It's great. He does. Um, all right. Question number two. Okay. With fun, silly questions. <laughs> um, what is your number one used fitness app on your cell phone? Either SugarWad or the Core Power app. So, all right. Yeah. Perfect. SugarWad <laughs> is the app that Urban Movement uses to uh, track your workouts. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so like the workout of the day will be on the board and then you can enter it. But didn't they make their own app now? Urban Movement app. Well, I use SugarWad. I used to use it a lot for the coach's notes. Like when I was coaching more classes, but they still post the SugarWad workouts on SugarWad. Power has their own app. Yeah, they do. And is that how you sign up for classes and whatnot? Um, I use like the business side of it. Uh, yeah, I don't really use like a, but Core Power does have yoga on demand, and so you can uh, like pull up anywhere you are. You can pull up a video on your phone, and you'll like get a yoga yeah, class. So I use the, that. Yeah, that's the way of the future. Right there. It is. My number one used fitness app, well, it's changed actually over the past few months. Really? Yeah. So before, it was my fitness pal. Oh yeah, I used to love that one. Which I... To log things. I log food, well, I track, I'm like a habitual tracker, so I track really? like every day. Like Renaissance, are you still Renaissance diet kind uh, of? No. Oh. Not as much. I, I kind of structure my way I eat around that, but... Uh, I track my food that I eat, and it used to be just to make sure, you know, I wouldn't eat too much, but now it's to make sure I eat enough. 
Ooh, things are changing for you. (laughs) I track my food, and then my new mostly used fitness app is an app called Zwift, Hmm. which you might not have ever heard of. No, I have not. So Zwift is an app that you use. You can use it on your computer as well, but it connects to a bike trainer, Hmm. and then you ride your bike trainer, and it's like virtual riding. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so the bike trainer has like Bluetooth connects to the app, and then when you're riding, let's say you're going up, you know, five percent grade or something, the trainer will actually add resistance to like mimic what it would be like. Holy cow! In real life, so it's pretty realistic. That is really cool. cool. And so that's my number one used app. Whoa, I can see that. I'll ride Zwift two like three times a week. Wow. Um, and they have, like, race, you can, like, race people, like, real-life people on it. Oh, my gosh. I was riding it last night, and so Zwift is, like, open to the whole world. So I was riding it last night, and it was a group ride, and a guy was in it that I was talking to, and he lived in Charlotte. What a small world. Yeah, it's crazy. That's so awesome. Like, you'll see, like, every Zwifter that's riding will have their national flag above their head, and you, like see so many different flags and that's so cool obviously is up there a lot but it's like people all around the world and i was riding with the guy that lived probably like five miles what a small world that is cool really Um, cool yeah technology that's that's my fitness app of 2019 and hopefully 2020 as well (laughs) um yeah so what next question what would be you know if you weren't into yoga or crossfit what would be a fitness modality that you would like to experiment with that you haven't done before. This might be a hard one because you know you probably never think of it, but Well, I love to dance. I've already like done dance, but I would love to do more of it. Yeah. Does that count? Sure. Okay, I will say I just went for a run with Jake because I injured my shoulder and I couldn't do yoga mm-hmm. and I couldn't really go to urban movement because it's a lot of shoulder stuff. So I was strange hearing this come out of my own mouth but I said let's go for a run because I needed to move in some way and I couldn't use my upper body and so we went running and we got to like the third mile usually I can't even run like a mile and we got to the third and I was still doing really well and I was having all these big dreams of like running a half marathon or maybe even a marathon and then both my knees started to feel like they were gonna like fall off of my body but I, I would say running and just training for that type of um, endurance race would, would intrigue me. Yeah. Well, I will say one, good job for running. Thanks. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you. How many miles it was? Three or four miles? It was like three and then, well, it was like two and a half and yeah. then we had to walk. Yeah. But like you were saying, right, if you go from never really running to running three or four miles, you're obviously going to have some hurt knees. Mm-hmm. So my recommendation would be to try to, if, if this was something you want to do, just to try to like ease into it, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of running four miles out of the gate, maybe, you know, start week one, run two miles for three days or something. And then work your way up. And maybe you could do a marathon one day. Maybe. I think I could. Do you, what type of shoes do you recommend? Fun, fun questions with, with Chris over I, here. So I have Hoka's, but I. That's what everyone's been telling me. But I actually don't really like them. Really? I had Nikes before. And Nike obviously can some, I don't know why, but some people say they're bad running shoes. Mm-hmm. But I felt like they were great. And I, I was wearing Hoka's. Nike shoes and my knees hurt. That's yeah. what I'm asking. Well, I got Hoka's because of the same thing, right? Everyone was like, you need these, and they're great. But mm-hmm. um, 
don't know. They just not the favorite. They, I either like got the wrong kind of hokas, or I just don't like hokas. So I might be going back to Team Nike. Oh boy. Uh, for the Iron Man, I gotta break them in. So I need to get some new. I actually need new shoes because the hokas have like 500 miles in them. Oh wow. Um, since I got them. So That's crazy. I need to switch. But you're supposed to. I don't know, like if this is like a cold heart fact or whatnot, but people say you're supposed to switch running shoes like after 350 miles. Wow. Um, and I'm far past that, so I need some new shoes. So Go treat be, yourself to new shoes. How are you gonna get some Nikes or Nikes, as the Nikes. people in London say? Hmm. Um, so yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else you would like to add to this conversation before we wrap things up? Hmm. Right. I think it's. How about this? Where can people find you, Hannah, on the social medias? Um, Twitter. Do you have a Twitter? I don't. I don't either. I don't love Twitter. Where can people find you? I know you have an Instagram. Where can people find you? People can find me on my Instagram, and it's Hannah E. Morse. Like Morse code. Morse. Not Morris. M-O-R-S-E. There's an E. M-O-R-S-E. Hannah E. Morse on Instagrams, and then... You can find me at Core Power eight times a week. Come take it eight times. Eight times a week. Holy... That's a lot of time. Yes. Um, you get a free so, week. Yeah, come come take a yoga class. I would highly recommend. I've taken many with Hannah, and she's a great instructor. And Thanks. The best part is the moist towelettes at the end on your face. Oh, Core Power doesn't do those. Well, um, but Flex does yeah, if you Flex come does. to Flex. That, but that, we that will fan nice. you and offer assists at Core well, Power. Well, Core Power should in the hot yogas because you need a little something to cool you down. It's like a hygiene thing. True. And since they're such a big company, there's like rules about it. There's like, yeah. So I wish we could. Fair enough. But you'll still get a good workout. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate your time with me today, Hannah. Um, as always, you know, we got to sit down with someone who has been drastically impacted by fitness. And, you know, their whole life really re- revolves around it now because of that. And,. So I'm just really fortunate to be able to sit down with Hannah and have this conversation, and I, I can't thank you enough for sitting down with me. Thank you, Webby. I am happy that you're doing this <laughs> podcast. I think it's awesome talking to everyone who's had different, experience, different experiences with fitness, because we all have a different story. Yeah. Um, so thank you for, for asking me all the good questions. You're can't welcome. wait to, you're to welcome. listen even more. <laughs> So yeah, this is an episode four. Woohoo! Episode four of How Fitness Changed My Life. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you in episode five. Over and out. Over and out. Over and out.